welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, where it could be any kind of movie, any choice. And that's what I love about having guests come on the show, because you never know what they're going to bring to the table, especially when it's the one and only Gary Hill. My buddy Gary Hill is going to be with me today, and let's just face it, if they built a Mount Rushmore of Legion podcast, Gary's face would be right in the middle of it. <laughs> What's up, brother? That's that's an ugly face. You're right in the middle of a monument. Is all I'll say. You, know, I mean, you got to get yeah, the, but... the the ugly the ugly Klingon ridges up here, and the you know the 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 permanent sleep under the eyes. It has to be all it has to be all contemplated. All the ugliness, and, man. So one thing I love about Gary is, and we just talked about this before we started the show, but we both have this love for trash to a certain degree, and. Uh, not saying this movie is trash, but I always know that Gary's going to bring up something that's just under the radar, and I like that. So that's one thing I want to do with this show is make you see some movies or at least be knowledgeable about some movies that are out there that are just swept under the rug that still have some oomph to them, right? And Gary brought this one up. I've heard about it for years, never seen it, and we're going to talk about... From 1972, The Legend of Hillbilly John, or Who's Afraid of the Devil, I believe it was, was the other title, right? Mm-hmm. That's the name of the, the, the book or the story comes from. Yeah, based on a book yeah. or a series of books. And this is going to be a ride, folks, because <laughs> I have an absolute love for this time period of movies, man. There, there's something about the early 70s guerrilla filmmaking period that I just I love. It's it's seedy, it's low budget. They're going out and doing exactly what they want to do. If even if they have any money or not, they're gonna make something different. And man, that's what we got here, Gary. <laughs> that, that's like Shelly Winter's whole like late seventies career is something different, you know. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, look look into that, because that could be a whole series on its own. <laughs> The stuff, rough the, stuff that, the stuff that Shelly Winters has done that's out there and you know, just you know man it, there's a lot there's a lot yeah that's that period where the mighty have kind of fallen quite a bit right <laughs> it's it's enjoyable but you're asking yourself what the hell am I watching you know because it's, it's yeah. so out there yeah. that's that's exactly what I love about this period because it was really let's face it it was definitely drug induced to a certain extent. There's no question about that. Even kids' cartoons were at this point. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of hooting and tooting going on when these films are being made. <laughs> now, definitely. Let's let's break into this one, right? So, what do you get when you cross a, the psychedelic music scene from Woodstock? And then you get into the 60s and early 70s folk music scene, and you cross it with, I don't know, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you get the legend of Hillbilly John. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, it's it's literally the story of, like, Johnny Appleseed, but with John Denver. Yeah, that's that's about right, you know. So some backwoods Johnny Appleseed stuff, and, you know. Yeah. The, the opening song was written by Hoyt Axton. So that's the thing about this movie. The more you dig into it, it's not just some thrown-together movie, and it really feels like it would be. But there's actually some clout behind some people that put 
you know, this movie together. And you got Hoyt Axton writing the main theme song. The guy that plays Johnny in the movie is a legit, I'm not going to call names because I'll screw them all up, but he is a legit folk singer who, I want to say, wrote a lot of these songs. He definitely sung them. He and his wife were a folk duo. Matter of fact, uh, they're an interracial couple, and they were one of the first interracial folk singing duos, I guess. That's what they claim to be. It's actually pretty good stuff, Gary. I, I get to check some of it out. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to look into it, man. I'm serious. You know, because some of the tunes in here are pretty powerful, and you get Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazard, you know, bel yeah, belting man. out that tune, and, you know... We'll get the plot here. Dad's a hearse, and he wants to treat you like a dog, and he wants to treat you worse. I mean, it's yeah, you kind of get into it, you know. <laughs> and the devil, he's in trouble. I can see it in his eyes. You don't give him shelter, he'll have no place to hide. The devil deals in dying, and he travels in a hearse. He treats you like a dog now. He likes to treat you worse. <laughs> you, you really do, because you know the the, the whole the whole uh, plot, which they don't really, which yeah, it's all over the place. This movie, because the whole thing is, he he has all these backwards superstitions that have been given to him by his family, including yeah. his grandpa, played by by Denver Pyle, who's Uncle Jesse on Dukes of Hazard, yep. and he has to fight a demon or something. And there's a deal where. He doesn't realize that the coins he used to make these silver strings to ward off this demon or the devil or whoever he's fighting, that they don't have actual silver in them. So he dies. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what. No, go ahead. That's good. And, that, and that's what that plot ends. It's just, it, again, it's, it's just him doing good deeds at this point. He's going to go out and go find this thing for about 30 seconds and then go do good deeds around, like, like a Johnny Appleseed. You know, with his silver string guitar that has actual silver from Spanish yeah. to Bloom, you know. And that, that's what's funny about this, too, because you get the whole buildup. It's obviously folklore and all this stuff. But like you said, Denver Powell, Uncle Jesse, is going to defy the devil to his face at this certain spot at a certain time at midnight. And everybody's going to gather around and everybody's scared to death of it, except Uncle Jesse, because he knows that. You know, he even asked Johnny, he said, what What do you think is his biggest adversary? Well, is, this, is it the good book? He's like, no, his name's in there many times more than yours and mine. It's got to be silver, right? So he decides on silver. And he gets, and I don't know if you caught this or not, but he messed down Kennedy coins to make yeah. the strings. So it feels like it's supposed to be this legend from long ago, but it's definitely in this time period. And... He was, he was, you know, the, the assumption is, is the government told them that these coins are silver coins and he melted them down. And of course the government lied to him. They're not real silver. <laughs> but they, they, they once were silver, some of these coins, but these, right. these loonies, these loonies, much like Uncle Jesse is, are, are not silver. So he messed yeah. up, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so he does his thing and then. Of course, Johnny at that point decides he's going to pick up his grandpappy's guitar and go from there, right? So, like you said, he does get, the, with the help of Marduk, he finds some real silver, who actually uses, like, a water vein. He breaks off a branch off of a tree and finds silver in the yard using this stick. So, some of this movie even feels like a, a college campus ad-lib 
theater class. I mean, it's yeah. just like they're just going for it, you know, half the time. I mean, Mar- Marduk, I mean, this could, this could start right here, you know, the, the, the legion of great character actors that are in this movie. And this is going to be a whole segment of Cinema Beef on the next episode, you know. Like, who do we appreciate? And we appreciate character actors, so I thought it'd be a good segment yeah. to say, hey, let's pick three films that aren't necessarily the best films, but films that are examples of, of their great work, you know. Yeah. And the actor that plays this character is, is uh, Severin Darden, who mm-hmm. shows up like the lead like guy in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, the underground guys. Right. And um, the the one professor, uh, you know, always uh, never uh, forget to check your references and the real genius, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he shows up in things, you know. A lot of these guys show up in things, and I love that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's uh, the way I described him as well, it's like, kind of like the minstrel rooster from the animated Robin Hood, right? He's yep. kicking off the story. He's telling you what this is all about. You're kind of taking the trip with him more so than anybody else. Yep. Even though he does disappear from time to time, when he shows back up, you almost get the little narration thing of, well, now little John and Robin Hood, you know, it's that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, when we meet Hillbilly John for the first time, he's out in the wilderness knocking boots with this fair little maiden and she's like my dad knows i've been out all night what do you want me to tell him he's like hey babe i ain't got time for that i'm playing my guitar (laughs) (laughs) oh obviously she wants to have something real steady with him but you know he's a musician from the 60s and 70s he ain't got no time for that he's got to go fight the devil yeah, definitely, because you know he's he ain't got time for for marriage or shotgun weddings, and you know he's he's uh he's on a mission, you know, for about like I said, yeah. about thirty seconds, and then he goes to get into some more trouble, which we'll get into later, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is he just he just starts walking. I mean, it's very much Johnny Appleseed. He just takes off walking. I'm gonna go fight the devil. Okay. Uh, he ends up in this little town that is all under the thumb of. What's the guy's name? Yandro. Yandro. <laughs> Yandro. Yeah, and, and of course, this is a generational thing where his grandfather kind of held this town at hostage as well, and he was a greedy guy, so he's fighting greed. It's you know that's the the devil he's fighting here, and you know this guy owns the the cemeteries, he owns everything in this area, and Johnny approaches him and tells him about this gold that his grandfather had. That's out of his reach, but Johnny can get him to the gold. And there's this backstory about his grandfather falling in love with this woman all these years ago, and she put a curse on him because she was a witch. So even though this guy doesn't heed the warning of what can happen, he still wants to go get the gold and even offers Johnny a slice of it. And that's another thing, too. Johnny gets tested all the time with the silver and the gold, and he always says, oh, that'd be nice to have, but I'm a hippie, so I can't have it. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's not motivated by such things. He's kind of carefree. And, you know, at, at the same time, he, he's the hero of the day in certain parts of this movie. And I, I got to mention, because this is one of my new favorite hair, new favorite roles is, Yandro's played by Harris Yulin. And huh? I love Harris Yulin in many things. But he's he's spectacular. He's like this, I guess like the man's, he, he's the man, so he must be the devil kind of thing because right, yeah. When he first when he first walks into the bar or the restaurant, wherever Johnny's hanging out at, Johnny starts playing a song like to ward off the devil, kind of, you know, with yeah. with his name in there. 
Like this guy's yeah. like the head chief, like the head 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 asshole of this town, and of course he's yeah. gonna get his comeuppance, right? You know, it's just, yeah, <laughs> he's motivated by greed, you know. Yeah. So Johnny leads him out to this mine or this hill, wherever it's at, and they find where the gold is, and the lady appears, and she's this nice looking lady, beautiful lady, and she even starts calling Yandro. You know, by his his grandfather's name, it's like, oh no, you're mistaken. That's my grandfather, and she's like, it's all the same. <laughs> and it's she all promises, relative, as they say. Yeah. It's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she promises him the gold if he'll spend one year in her arms. Is the is the the tag there? And he says, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So Johnny's like hitting Splitsville. I'm getting out of here. Y'all settle this. And as soon as he leaves, he sees the gold over there, and he goes to look for it, and it's missing. And he turns around, and that lady looks like the lady from the tub in The Shining. <laughs> so now he's well, stuck she's, in she, she, She's just getting the revenge that, you know, that her, yeah. his, his father before him promised him. So like the sins of the father, it's all about it's all about sins. And the, the, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's very biblical in that sense, and Man, he gets his though. Bye bye bye, Harris Yulin, you know? <laughs> so, while he's in the cave, Johnny also gets a implication of what direction to go next. And he goes to a strip mine. I mean, it literally says there's a sign on it that says, My Strip Mine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing about this time period, man. It's just it's it's on the nose. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, everything's pretty literal at this point. But yeah, he he goes out there and he's he's digging around in the ground, and I don't know what you got on this. I think I figured it out later on. But he's digging in the ground and then he sees a face, and I was like, what is this? A Luke Skywalker kind of moment where he sees himself? I, you, you couldn't really tell because this copy that 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 we watched is on YouTube and it gets pretty dark sometimes and you just have to make up what you think is going on. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a lost movie. I mean, it's I don't know that there's a DVD or anything of this. I think VHS is as far as it got. Well, Kino, you know, God bless him, has been in the works for like three years to get this movie out on a Blu-ray. Wow. And um, there's some rights issues involved, I think. And... Um, well, this- I can see that with so, the songs. So it's it's in the works, but we're still waiting for Kino to put it out. And um, I, I'm looking forward to when that actually happens. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a good version of this, too, because I find it very interesting. And this whole next scene is just... <laughs> it's it's It turns into a Sinbad movie all of a sudden, right? Because he's up there and yep. he digs and he finds a face. And all of a sudden he hears a squawking. And here comes this big stop-motion vulture coming at him and he's fighting it off with his guitar and the bird hits one of his strings and it knocks one of the bird's feathers off so it's trying to show you that the silver is you know protecting him from the bird and maybe this is the devil you get that kind of aspect and from there there's this little farmhouse and you're seeing this guy come out front and he's yelling at this guy about i need some food i mean to the point of i don't care what it is i don't care who it is I need food. So this is the guy that owns the strip mine. Apparently, it's the same scenario. He's holding all these people hostage. You know, he's ruining the land. He's doing everything out of out of greed. 
and he's willing to even eat people <laughs> which, to survive, I guess. It doesn't go to that extreme, you know, if you look back at the, you know, the history, you know, watch Harlan County War, the documentary. They'll tell you all about, you know, how the way mines used to work. They would literally give you their money to spend at their shops, and that's how you got paid, you know, so... Yeah. They're pocketing everything basically, so that's the, this is kind of making a play on, you know. Right, right. But it turns out, I mean, and and Hillbilly John shows up, and he's talking to the guy there, and he's talking about how this guy is taking people's souls, and he's referring to this one lady that wouldn't give in to his bidding, and that's supposedly her soul that's out there buried in the mine. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I got out of that. Did you get that? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So I figured, well, the face must have been hers that he saw. So maybe that explains that. Well, there's always something to lead him on to the next, the next mission, the next, you know, good deed. You right. know, the, the 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 witch mentions the ugly bird, and where yep. he needs to go find the ugly bird and defeat the ugly bird, which is the Ray Harryhausen, yeah, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, which I, I love a good puppet. It, it looks really oh, bad, yeah. but I, I love I love the way it looks. But you know, that the, the face was the thing that led him on to the next thing, which is going to to explore this mine and go do some more good deeds and right. there's always one little one little clue to lead him into the next adventure you know yeah and and being that too because he even asked the guy there and he's talking about has anybody ever seen this guy and ugly bird at the same time so he's almost trying to tie in that they're the same and the guy's like oh no that's that's ridiculous or whatever but then he gets in a confrontation with him and he starts singing a song and the dude freaks out and freezes. Then all of a sudden, here comes Ugly Bird. Yeah. And Johnny Johnny takes it up like a Louisville slugger. Smack! <laughs> Drops that bird on the ground. And the silver strings, you can see the feathers and stuff laying on there. And it starts melting. And the bird just starts disintegrating. And guess what? That dude starts disintegrating. Yeah. In a weird 70s kind of way. <laughs> So they were one and the same, but here we are now. We're in a bad spot because now Johnny's ruined his guitar. He's got two strings left, and he's just like, well, what do I do now? Well, that's when Marduk shows back up, right? Yep. In a, almost like a work truck. (laughs) That's the other thing, too, because, again, this movie feels like it's, I don't know, Barely even 1900s at times, but then they'll show up in a car. You know, of course, the guy uh, Yondu earlier was driving a, a hearse, so it's like such a weird combination on this stuff. And th- that that whole thing where uh, Marduk shows back up and the donkey. Uh, do you get the fact, or do you get the idea that Marduk is possibly God? It could be. He always he always comes at the right time, you know, and comes at the right time, and he's always talking to the donkey too about mm-hmm. the the pluses and minuses of of Johnny's yeah. deeds. Mm-hmm. I found that interesting. I didn't catch that part, but I'm glad you did, man. It's it's good to talk about, you know, the, the implication of that. And there's a lot going on in this movie. At face value, it looks really stupid. It probably sounds really stupid, but it is it is bizarre in all the right ways. Let's put it that way, you know. So. This whole next scene, this is kind of where I, because uh, uh, let's face it, I, you know, I'm a 70s kid, but I'm an 80s child, I guess you'd say, or I'm a 70s child, but I'm an 80s person. 
And the whole hippie mentality is just something that never landed right with me, right? So when he gets back together with the girls from the beginning and they're hanging out and they're knocking boots and all that, and she's like, hey, there's this house over here that the people that live there just left. I thought you and I could just take it and we'll just, there's already food there and we'll just live there and be together and be happy and kumbia. And I'm like, you can't just walk up and take, take a house. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a nice thought, but life don't work that way. But again, it's a movie. I understand. Squatters rights, 30 days, you know, that's, she's, 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 she's looking at the big picture here, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, well, she's just trying to get him. She wants to keep him. Which she could almost say, "Well, maybe that's the devil." I don't know. <laughs> it, it worked for Columbus, damn it! Come on now, you know he just took some land. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just one of those things that I just kind of roll my eyes at because you know, I, that's just where I kind of that's where my line stops with the whole hippie movement thing. I think there's some <laughs> great ideas, but there's there's got to be this reality that's in there too of. Yeah, somebody owns that house. You can't just go and take it because nobody's there. It's not finders well, keepers. There's implications, and no surprise here that you know, her daddy doesn't like no free spirit, so she hates Johnny. <laughs> you yeah. know, so she. I guess. I guess she thinks that um, <laughs> if he has this house to live in, that you know he'll hate him a little less. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> she's she's all about Johnny, man. But she decides to go with him on this next part of the adventure. Uh, so, I mean, they do stay at the house a little bit, and he's like, no, nah, baby, I got to be rolling. I'm a rolling man. <laughs> so they take off. She decides to follow. And let's not forget the hound, honor hound. Honor hound. Yeah, we mentioned honor hound. Yeah, yeah. The dog, the dog, uh, the dog acting is pretty good in this movie. I, I don't say that too often, but honor hound is a, he's a good boy. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the name alone, honor hound. What else you need, right? And he kind of gives you that lassie thing, right? Oh, what's wrong, boy? Oh, something bothered you? Oh, okay. I mean, you, <laughs> that's the extent of it, right? So, Possibly the devil. I mean, Honorhound himself is is a, is a harbinger. You know, if you tell him, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. just a dog, but right. stuff, stuff's messed up. Maybe you shouldn't go that way, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I know you don't listen to me a lot, but we probably need to just go from here, right? This is not a good place. Mm -hmm. So, But we end up, on this trip, we're singing songs together. They got a nice little duet going now, and the dog, and they're walking and singing. And out of nowhere, they come up to the gate. It looks like the front of the gate at Jurassic Park. <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. And they open it up, and it's a cotton field. And you got all these people working in the cotton field. So I think you can kind of see where this is going. <laughs> but... It turns out to be a plantation-type deal, and you've got people that are picking the hay and working all, or picking the, the cotton all day long, and they're going up, and they're having it weighed, and the guy is obviously cheating them on how much that it weighs and paying them less. So at least they're getting paid, I guess. Whereas if it was, you know, still looking at it as he's fighting slavery at this point, but yep. they are getting paid, so, you know, yeah, maybe it's a, it's a twofer. But they, a, they know something he doesn't know at this point, so, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and it's an interesting scene to watch because, I mean, it's this movie's got a lot of messages. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I mean, there's there's a okay. lot of good stuff in here. Again, you go you go back to the Coca-Cola country, you know, they, they were yeah. cheated all the time. Yeah. Cheated all the time, you know. Yeah. So, 
they they kind of go up to the guy that's doing all the weighing, and one guy stands up for himself and says, nope, this is wrong. You're treating us wrong. I want my money. Well, that starts a reaction, and then the mid, the main head honcho comes out. And I'll tell you, I was really surprised that it wasn't a big, sweaty white dude. It was actually a, a, a black guy that had him under like a voodoo spell. Yeah, he had like some hoodoo, hoodoo priest uh, thing going on or something. Yeah, so I thought that was really odd too, you know. But he uh, ends up facing off with, you know, Hillbilly John. Hillbilly John starts singing a song. And the the guy that stood up for himself takes the, the mojo stick that the dude had. And they they beat the evil. And I don't know, man. I, I found it pretty good. Yeah, it's just it's just another you know good deed. It, it, there, there is, I hate to say there's no rhyme or reason, but the, there is there is a reason. He's, he's, he's a traveler and he's he's fixing wrongs where he sees that there's wrongs and you know, but it, the whole the whole film is like if the devil went down to Georgia was a movie because he's constantly yeah. fighting devils devils in different forms with his guitar, you know. Yeah, yeah, and. Just being, just being good, you know. That's and the books is Johnny, Johnny Silver is is in the books, you know. But um, just being good, John. He'll play John, you know. It's, it's, right. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's a heavy-handed message, but it's not a bad message, and it's. it's not. <laughs> I, I have to say, it's done pretty well for the time period and the budget that this kind of movie was made on. Uh, and it's got a few moments that kind of drags, and you kind of get wore out on some of the songs after a while. Old King Nebuchadnezzar! You know, and stuff like that. You know. <laughs> but, uh, at the end of it, you get the scene where his girlfriend, I'm sorry, I just totally lost her name, but the girl's been following the whole time. And she's standing there with Marduk. And she's like, well, where's Johnny? Where did he go? He said, well, He's off fighting evil somewhere else. And then it pans up and shows him walking, and he's walking up to the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like the, the end of Planet of the Apes kind of ending, right? It's like, mm-hmm. whoa! <laughs> so, that was clever. Now, now, now Johnny's going to go fight big government. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and Which never big, ends good. <laughs> never ends good, no. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, that's this movie in a nutshell, but I tell you, man, there is a lot of really good stuff in this movie. It's super dated, but I think mm-hmm. that's part of the charm, man. I really do. I mean, you know, Southern culture, you know, is is we we've mentioned a couple things, you know, that that they're implanted in this movie. Um, Southern, uh, you know, everything. It's it's all in here. I've I'm not from there, but I've I've known people from there. Uh, families to work with are from, you know, the the how um, F- Fisty County, Kentucky is where they're from. Wow, you know where those where those people are from, like next of kin people in, the, in that right. movie. Yeah, that's how I found. That's how I found out some of those people were real. The, the people in the movie were real people from those from those hills. Yeah, at, you know, at the end, at the end of the movie. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it, it's it's in here. You know, religious stuff's in here without being too heavy-handed. Right. It's it's an it's an adventure story that that you can enjoy, and hell, you can even share it on for your kids. They might not get all the themes in there, but um, people tell me that the the, the writer of the book, um, which I, I should have in front of me, but um, is somebody I should be reading because it's, it's he's 
really impressive stuff, and I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to diving in there, you know. Yeah, I saw you posted that, and you were showing the actual book that, you know, this was kind of based on, and a lot of people were chiming in saying, wow, you know, a lot of big authors, this is one of their favorite people to, to read, and, you know, that's, I don't know, I, I just... I find this very intriguing. I find this movie very intriguing for a lot of different reasons. And I mean, I remember seeing the poster for it back in the day, but I've never watched it. So I'm kind of I mean, glad you brought the, it up, man. <laughs> that's one of the, the that's one of the shining points of social media. Somebody posted they're watching this, and you see that a lot of social media. If you have your friends with film people or like film groups, and this. This is how you discover new stuff to watch. You yeah. know, that's not, that's not new. <laughs> But it's new to me, so right. and this is this is one of those shiny examples of something that I wish had a better print. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Kino. Get get on that, please. And yeah, um, yeah I would I would yeah. I would buy a better print of this for sure. But, but what you can do, folks out there, I mean, if if this kind of sounds like something that even slightly interests you, just go watch it on YouTube. Check it out. I I just <laughs> I enjoy it. I will actually go back and watch this one a few times. And and again, it is an acquired taste. It's really different. I hear a lot of people complain about the songs because it kind of gets old. And, you know, according to our style of music now, yeah, that's quite a bit of difference. But it is 100% Woodstock generation movie making, without a doubt. I'm going to the point where Ricky said, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? I said, yes, this is something we would enjoy talking about together. Yes, right. indeed, you know. <laughs> Gary, go ahead and tell everybody what you got going on, what you got coming up, where they can find Cinema Beef at, Two Drink Minimums, all that good stuff. You can find all all this good stuff on LegionPodcast.com. Cinema Beef Podcast, we record on Thursday night again. I can't wait. It's been a long time coming. Um, we had some issues in October, which leaked into November, and that, that'll, that'll break your spirit. So... <laughs> In, in December, we're starting with some some, some films that uh, make you feel the chill in the air. We're doing two Yeti films uh, first. <laughs> oh, what is it called? Yeti, Yeti Giant of the 20th Century, which is yeah. basically a guy in, 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 in massive amounts of hair climbing buildings. It's an Italian King Kong ripoff is what it is. And uh, Shriek of the Mutilated, which is a more traditional Yeti film where... Uh, a Yeti kills people in the in the hills and stuff, and you know I'm looking forward to watching that and dive into those. And uh, I, I forget well, well, what's the rest of the lineup? Horror Express and the Thing uh, '82, you know the shapeshifter and the cold theme being there. Yeah. And our holiday show, which has nothing to do with Christmas at all, except for one scene in a movie. Uh, it's basically criminals who become you know icons like famous. So we're doing female trouble and a face in the crowd as our mm. as our holiday show because Divine awesome. wanted those cha cha heels and she did not get them and she destroys a Christmas tree. <laughs> I, I like the five people who haven't seen Female Trouble and show them Female Trouble right. just to see the re- just to see the reactions on their face you know just right. to see you know. <laughs> and that's that's really the spirit of this show that I wanted to do because there's all these movies that. I mean, let's face it, they're not great movies, but they got moments in it that you just want to see people react to, mm-hmm. you know? And that's really a lot of it. So I think that's where you and I have always kind of hit that that same level because, hey, you want something different? Here you go. <laughs> there's, there's more. Two Drink is coming back. Uh, me and Ricky have talked about him coming on. 
yeah. for, for, for Roadhouse, and we're going to do Roadhouse 2 as well. For the people who doesn't know Roadhouse sequel exists, well, you got to find out, son, because it does. It's, <laughs> it's stupid, but it's enjoyable at the same time. I'm not explaining it. But um, <laughs> last call, Torchies, our Walter Hill show is coming back with the Long Riders. And yeah. our Patreon, Patreon bonus episode, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford will be the bonus for that one. Cool. Trying to do, trying to do one per episode, and I just for something for the Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, you can only find this on Patreon. Blood from the Core with me mm-hmm. and uh, Derek Bourgeois doing New York based uh, horror and thriller films, and Burning for Springwood. We watched those Freddy's Nightmares episodes, so you don't have to. <laughs> it's uh, it's coming back again. Um, we we got to keep doing the show because the man himself gave us a promo. This wow. is the motivation for doing the show. If you heard the show about five episodes in, I, I got a, a sound a sound bite from Mr. Robert Englund himself, and it's included in the theme music. So, <laughs> so with that kind of winning endorsement, you got to watch the rest of my guests. You know, gotta keep it going. Keep the <laughs> flag keep, flying. <laughs> keep the flag flying, man. Oh, but yeah, with all that and all the other Legion stuff, you guys should be listening to. Please, please support everybody. I would love for you guys all to do that because that's important. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And always, everybody know. Always need to check out Gary's stuff, man. He's always cranking out a lot of stuff. It's he's hard to keep up with because he's, well, he's kind of like another guy I know that has fifteen shows and scatters them out, and he'll hit them hard for a while and then have to pull back a bit. You know, it struggles, but we do it. I'm, I'm trying to make it more more sufficient now in the new year, so it, it'll it'll be. Every two weeks, you, you'll hear a new cinnamon beef. Every every other every other week, you'll hear, you'll hear, torchies, and every other week you hear something else too. I'm trying to implement those five or six shows and, and shuffle them throughout the month. So it, yeah, I'm gonna do my best to make it happen for you guys and awesome. for myself and for, for for my own mental health. You know, mental health is very important, people. <laughs> yeah, very much. I, I always said if it felt like work, I would quit. It doesn't <laughs> feel like work at this point, so. This awesome. this is therapy. This is therapy for me. So I, I call it like that. Well, I'm sure that you and I would be doing several things on here and possibly together on your shows as well. So mm-hmm. we'll just keep it going, man. That's all we can do. You the man, Rick. You the man. I always said uh, this, you know. You the man, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a blast. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. This is a, this is a fun talk, and I'm I'm hoping for that release sooner rather than later because I I really I really want it at this point, you know. Well, well, we'll get us some silver strings, and we'll take our guitars up to, to the Capitol and say, hey, we want our copy. Yes. <laughs> and you guys can make it happen. Because <laughs> right now, the, the best the, the best copy exists on Laserdisc, and it's very expensive. So <laughs> that's that's BS, brother. Yeah. Sure enough. All right, folks, that's it for us. We will check you later. <laughs>